Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Oh, hello. Welcome to Ruined. My name is Hallie. My name is Allison. And this is a podcast. We're going to a horror movie just for you. Just for all of you. Allison, I've gone blonde, or I'm on my way to blonde. I was about to comment. You look terrific. Thank you. I'm closer I am to blonde. I'm not happy with it. Um, That that seems crazy to me, seeing you through a screen. It looks great. Uh, My hair does tend to look like a wig, and I've been told this by hairdressers, because it's so thick and abnormal to my head. But (laughs) I will say, this is making it look more wig-like. So I'm just going to go back in. Yeah, what's more the plan blonde. if you don't like... Okay. I'm going to go to a different person. I didn't do my research. That's on me. I was blonde before the pandemic. It's just for fun. It's just... Yeah, I just... It's just yeah. me goofing. It's just the summer. It's summer pride. I mean, it's summer... Summer is for experimenting with hair. And you know what I love is wasting money. I yes. love oh. hissing away my hard-earned dollars. Just working hours and hours to just throw money away on something I'm not happy with. <laughs> to make my hair... Oh, and that's so... And this is not, a, I think it's just a miscommunication about what, what setting expectations. I have very dark hair. I have a lot of gray. So, like, hey, these, this is what it is. Um, but it did get to the point where we were arguing about, like, what the photos I sent her looked like or what mm. how blonde they were. And I was like, once we're, just, once we're arguing about what the human eye perceives, I think maybe we've had a breakdown in communication. We're a little off, yes. And that's, that's on me, too, because I, I don't know the words uh, yet. And uh, you, know, you know Lyra Smith. Uh, of course. Yes, uh, Lyra, a dear friend of, friend of the pod, a part of the pod, uh, who works over at iHeart. Um, I believe she's a VP of comedy now, an incredible person. She's been blonde so long, she now dyes her hair at home. And she's like, if you commit to the blonde, I can start showing you how to do that. I was like, let me get this fixed yeah. and then get, uh, get myself set up. And then I would love to learn that because it's, God, it's fucking expensive. It's and you have so to go expensive. All the time. It's and so her expensive. hair looks great. Like she's like, yes, she, she has studied great. the art of blonde. Yes. Um, so, but it's just one of those things where I, I walked out of there. I'm like, no, I like it. I got home. like, I ruined my hair for no reason. I mean, I and, even felt um, that the last time I like chopped my hair, which wasn't even, it was just like six or seven inches. And it's still, everybody was like, it's still really long. And I was like, yeah. it's too short. And I hate it. You, yeah. Whenever you're like, I'm going to get my hair cut. I'm like, okay, but not in a way that like I can see. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Just the way I, that you I see. get haircuts that are imperceivable to people, but yet my hair continues to be exactly the same for my whole life. Um, how are you doing other other than my my lament? I'm good. I um the pools are open in New York. Oh, so I've been going and sitting outside at the pool. Well, standing inside the pool because it's too hot. So you just I just stand in the pool and read my book. And uh there's a lot of people with a lot of different uh ideas of what you're supposed to do at the pool. Ooh, okay. Because, like, it's a crap. Like, I swim laps. I'm a lap swimmer, and I know that I can only do that when there's lane lines, and it's, like, a pool designed for that. There are all these, like, I would say men in their 30s and 40s, specific, like, just, like, very entitled Brooklyn folk, 
um, who come to this pool that's crowded and it's full of kids and it's a cooling zone. Like, it's for people to cool down and, like, play in the pool, trying to swim laps through, like, children who are having a good time. And I'm like, I don't, what do you think they're gonna do? Move? Like, they, like, get out of, get out of here. Like, I want, I would love to swim laps outside, but it's not a reality in New York. Yeah, there is something where, and I've seen this a lot, like, people in L.A., like, walking on the sub- sidewalk, not walking on the si- subway, walking on the sidewalk, and then walking their dogs, where it's like, just because you've chosen to do something a certain way does not, like, to then yes. act shocked that other people say, want to use the sidewalk, yes. or if you stop dead in the middle of the sidewalk, there are people behind you. Yeah. I And I wonder what that is, like, I, I, I what is, I don't know, is it, it just human nature? Is it just, like like forgetting other people like it's just it's just not very city like to live like that at this point i think you know i would like to start offering free dog training classes to the city of los angeles because as a longtime member of 4-h and uh specifically in the dog training categories and i went to states several times i didn't actually go because we were on vacation but i i did qualify to go to states with my uh miniature dachshund rosie I love um, a miniature dachshund. I, I, God, I love dachshunds so much. They're, they're so, so annoying, cute. but they're so sweet. Um, but the I will say, I, will, I, I can whip the, start whipping these dogs. It's not the dog, obviously. You have to train. You're training the I, You're the training owner. the people. Yes. But it's like when people have like tw- tw- like 20 foot long leashes across the street, like up five stories, and they're no. just staying there smiling. It's like other people have to walk. Yeah. What are you doing? Get out of the way. What are so you I doing? This isn't your street. It's not your pool. What are those swimmers? Like, you can't be enjoying this. Well, it's like you can't even like get the work. Like, and then they like this guy today like had this like whole annoyed like every time there was like someone in his way he would like stand up and kind of (sighs) like like be annoyed. And I'm like, you are trying to do a thing that this place isn't for. Like, get out of here. Like, also like don't be mad at the fucking children who are here who are like trying to like have fun with their friends and not be hot. For God's sake, get them nowhere else to go. It's New York in the summertime. Yeah. It's it's humid as hell. Like, you it's can't so escape human. that heat. It's a nightmare. Please, let them have fun. Get out of the way. Anyway, so that's mostly what I've been I'm up sorry. to. I'm sorry. That's that's infuriating. Um, and just a reminder, if you're listening to this, um, when it drops, you can still listen to our live show, which yes. we did on Monday the 17th. It's available mm-hmm. for 72 hours. So if you want to get that popping off, uh, please do. Uh, it was uh, vomit-inducing. Yeah. So if you're dying to hear what Art the Clown was up to in Terrifier 2, uh, moment.co slash ruined, and uh, you can still get a ticket. You still, you know, it's up for 72 hours. Um, The merch is available for that whole time. So uh, the window might be closing if you're listening to this on Tuesday or within a day or two. But please, uh, if that interests you, and I guess if you listen to this podcast, it might, go to moment.co slash ruined and go listen to slash watch the live show from the other night because it's still available. Uh, yeah, we also, we have our, we'll have our Pride merch available. And I just want to say, I really do believe that it is summer of Pride, but really what I also mean is it's just, uh, from here on out, it's going to have to be fr- Pride 24-7. Yes, all the time. Um, you know, after, we, we talked about, um, we were already recorded um, an episode on the thir- uh, 30th of mm-hmm. June when we talked about um, the Supreme Court. Um, I don't know. I just want to say, like, uh, summer of pride, world of pride, pride mm-hmm. from here to 2024. Yes. Um, it's just going to be continuing. And I think that was so shocking to me about my first out pride 
was just realizing that this is what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no end to it. And I hadn't been a part of— and I mean, to be fair, as women, obviously, you know, like, the patriarchy yes. exists to control you. But, like, at a certain point, I feel like the patriarchy is so entrenched. Yeah. Like, it, you do kind of, like, get to the point where it's like, well, you, there's something you could do about it. Yes. So then to become queer was both, like, shocking to be like, oh, no, I'm having some—I I now have sex that— People fundamentally morally are opposed to, Makes which no is sense. insane. And then also, um, it gives me a lot of hope. And it gives me a lot of hope, even like in a, as a woman, as a feminist, like I, I to me, queerness is like a hopeful like the, the we the reasons that the right derides queerness and transness is the reasons I'm hopeful yes. about it. Yes. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like summer pride, forever for pride, and uh, you know, in case you like me, ended out end of the month, be like, oh, okay, well, that was that was not good. That was Mm-mm. worse than last year's, and mm-hmm. who knows what what it'll look like going forward. Uh, we're obviously with you, and I don't yes. know. I just wanted to say that, um, and we love you. Ooh, love and now you. we get to do a genuinely fucking scary movie. I'm excited. This, this movie scared the fuck out of me, and I think it is my exact perfect kind of movie because it's played really realistically. It is a realistic film. Not that, I mean, I love, you know, the thing, obviously, but sure, like, but th- something are, very harrowing about feeling yes. like you could walk out your door and be in this movie. Exactly. Um, and the movie is, of course, The Vanishing, uh, which is on like every list of scary twists and scary, mm. like every, if you, if you're a horror fan who can tolerate watching this, you, I'm sure you have seen it or you should. Um, and uh, it is the Dutch, it's a Dutch film. It was uh, directed by George uh, Solzer. And it was adopted from the novella The Golden Egg by Tam by Tim Crabay, which is crab with two Bs and E and then an accent at the end, who I assume Crabbe. is a crab that, that is, is capable of writing. And um, the, the Dutch title is Traceless or Without a Trace, mm. uh, but it's called The Vanishing. In English, uh, this movie fucked me up. I'll tell you what. Oh um, we had, uh, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. Allison, what did you think of the trailer for The Vanishing? Okay, well, the trailer did this really annoying thing where there's like music with words playing, but it's also obviously in um, Dutch and you have to oh, read okay. subtitles. And it was almost impossible for me to um, follow anything that was happening because it was so confusing in my brain. I had to at one point turn the sound off, but then I was like, I feel like I'm missing something by not hearing the sound. So it does seem eerie, but I have almost no grasp of what was going on. Ooh, okay. I like that. Like, obviously somebody's missing, but I don't know. Like, who? I think that's 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 pretty much the—that's all you need to know. I think that's going to get you started. And then how scary— as you know, relatedly, how scary do you find the concept of a loved one suddenly disappearing inexplicably with no clues or information about where they could have gone? <gasps> that's so scary. Cause especially now, like that's so hard to do. We carry a tracking yes. device in our pockets at all time. Like there is, it is, it is even less likely to happen now than it was in the eighties, but boy, having just no trace, that's, because, like, I, the unsettlingness of never having the information of what happened would just ruin my life. It It is, that, that I think is exactly what I found so scary about it, is that it would haunt you. Like, yeah. it would ruin your life. And I, I can only imagine being, what a horrific situation to find yourself in. 
Um, I don't know. And again, something different that we've done, which is like a spooky cloud. I mean, like you're probably only going to run into that every once once in a blue moon. Yeah. You're, Not that I, often. I, my loved ones are wandering around. I don't know where they are half the time. I mean, At no. any point I could get a call and be like, hey, somebody you know uh, disappeared. And it's like, well, okay. Like, like, where is this I, under uh, the bed? I have like a panic attack. <laughs> I'm like, where is he? <laughs> when, when someone leaves the room, I think, <laughs> I think they be, died. <laughs> I think we, we need to get our object permanence checked. Yeah, I think I lost object permanence during the early <laughs> days of the pandemic. Not using it. I'm here to be blonde and have fun <laughs> um, and eat crackers over the sink. Um, would you like to, before we get started, guess the twist in The Vanishing, knowing that based on the trailer, you know virtually nothing about the film? Guess the twist. Okay, I'm going to guess that the person who goes missing was killed by the person who first reported that they were missing. Ooh, okay, great. So then that's like, like that. there's a lot of covering up going on. Okay, that. and then do you want to even say, like, do you, how do you think that she died? Or what do you think happened to her specifically? I'm going to guess that she was on fire. Oh, Allison, that's scary. I know. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't that's know. Good. That's good. That's a real say, thing. I mean, after being indoctrinated every month, every week, you were getting yes. so good at this. Oh, oh, fucking boy. terrifying. Oh, boy. Yeah, nothing is scary. Very good. Very under the skin. I loved it. Ooh. Okay. So let us begin um, ruining the vanishing. Also, we open on a stick insect in a beautiful field in France. And we overhear a Dutch couple. Um, they're driving in their adorable little 80s Volvo. I'm not sure. I don't know cars. I love but that. They, they have their bikes mounted on the top. They're driving from Amsterdam Dam into France to for a biking vacation. And it really is, in America, which is, it's, everything is so spread out. It's so gigantic. You really, I do forget all the time, like, oh, yeah, you could just drive to France one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're just going it's for day trips from country to country. Oh, that sounds like heaven. I'm like, I could barely having- get to Pennsylvania. Like, <laughs> And I won't. I, won't. I simply won't. And I don't want to. I, yeah, I, I've never been to San Diego. I, I, It would take too much out of me to try to go. Yeah. So they're on vacation. Um, they are playing a car game. Again, to establish, like, we are in love. We're having fun. We're like, hee hee ha And she says, let's get out the highway and drive some local roads to, like, really take in the local culture. And he says, only if you drive. You have to drive. We have to switch off. And she's like, nope. Which, again, is, I think, uh, setting up, like, fun, low stakes. Not, like, low stakes, but, like, it is so easy to develop character yes. in movies that it really shrieks at you when you see a horror movie where they don't even give a fuck about, like, give me yeah. anything. anything. And their thing is, he's like, she refuses to drive, and he's like, please, we, I want to switch off, you know? I, I Immediately that, I'm like, oh, I like this couple. I know this couple. Yes. Um, we see her, she's putting on lipsticks, and they are approaching a gas station and pass it. And she's like, looks at the gas gauge. She's like, are you sure we shouldn't stop? Like, we're getting low. And he's like, you know, you could see the gas gauge better if you were driving. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not going to do that. You're the driver. And there's, like, a bunch of little funny bits in the car. Like, she keeps counting the trees. She's like, ooh, there's one tree. And there's, like, thousands of trees. <laughs> and at one point, she's like, could you peel me an orange? And she just pretends to bite into it like an apple. And I was like, they're having a great time. So, you know, it's, like, horrible. Yeah, they're having too much fun. So they're driving. It's also like with these windy, insane cliff roads, like uh, on in the mountainside. Gorgeous, but I wouldn't want to be driving. Like I, I'm with him. Like I would oh, yeah. switch no, no, off. No, 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 no. 
And it's suddenly they're driving through a tunnel through the mountain. So it's incredibly dark inside compared to the, you know, daylight. And Saskia, the woman, says, oh, my God, it's like that nightmare. I had my nightmare again last night. And Rex says, oh, that nightmare you have all the time where you're in a golden egg and you can't escape and you float all alone through space forever? What? She's like, oh, that old thing that she keeps says, ruining yes. my sleep? She says, the loneliness is unbearable. And she says, but this time there was another golden egg far away. And I knew that if we were to collide, they would all be over. Allison? No. Just then the car fucking dies because they ran out of gas. Of course. They're in the middle of a pitch dark traffic tunnel. And basically the way they're positioned, they, they have don't have... um. Uh, emergency lights because I guess it's the 80s. Now, if your car died, you can still put in the emergency lights. Yes. They are just sitting in the road and they both panic and Saskia's like, I told you I wanted to fucking stop for gas and she's, and at least he's like, I know, this is my fault, I'm sorry, but we have to get out of here because it's really dangerous. Like, we could be rear-ended by someone who, like, coming from the brightness into the darkness, their eyes adjusting, they could just yeah, yeah, rear-end yeah. us because we're in the middle yeah, of the fucking easy. road, right? And so they're both panicking, and Saskia's like, well, I brought a flashlight. And so she's looking for the flashlight, but Rex is like, just get out, get out, get out. And they're yeah. arguing, and he storms off without her. And she starts sobbing, and she's, like, going through her luggage and pulling everything out. And she's like, don't leave me here don't alone. Don't leave me here alone. But he marches off. And when he hears her yelling that he has a little smile, and you don't know what that means for a while. Okay. But I, when I saw that, I'm like, this motherfucker. No. But it's actually that he, even in that moment, he loves her. But it, okay. it, right then, I was like, I would fucking kill this guy. Kill him. So he, it turns out he grabbed the gas can. He walked all the way to the gas station and walked back. When he gets back to the car, it's abandoned. She's not in it. He fills up the tunnel. He drives out. Luckily, Saskia's waiting. She finally found the flashlight. She's in tears. Okay. She's on the end of the tunnel. And I, in their defense, this is how every vacation I've ever been on <laughs> starts. I mean, right? Imagine just having like a flawless entree into a trip. Like, no, it's always like, I forgot this. I don't know. We were already lost. Like, it's always just chaos. Right. All four tires blow off. You yeah. fly off the side of the mountain. Nobody has their medication. Like, something has to happen. <laughs> so, again, it's really realistic. It's like, yeah, this is the kind of shit that happens. People flip out because they don't know how to handle stressful situations. They yell at each other. And so then they're in the car driving silently, both furious and it's, like, a, an excellent contrast to how giddy they were and, like, everything was starting. And Saskia's trying not to cry, but you could tell she's really angry. Allison, we then see another man, a man whose name we find out is Raymond. Okay. He's parked in his car, and um, he's putting on a fake cast on his okay. arm and a sling. Okay. And we see him slide a bottle of liquid into the sling. And I really appreciate how artfully and quickly it's like, this motherfucker's a serial killer. Yes. You know, the second someone puts on a fake cast, fake puts cast? a vile liquid. Yeah, I'm not. not I don't need someone to explain it exactly. Unfortunately, he he is waiting for them, and I think that's one of the themes of the film, or the theme of the film is much like the golden egg is is that an omen? Uh, can we avoid our fate? Do we do things happen? Or can we avoid the horrible things that happen in our life? Like, oh how do you opt out of fate oh other than by choosing? You have to make a choice. And yes. choosing or not choosing, your future lays out before you. And how could we know what it is? Right. Which is terrifying. 
So Rex and Saskia stop for gas. There's a lot of talk of gas stations. So I'm just going to say right now, this when I say gas station, I mean like a big New Jersey turnpike. Like they've got multiple restaurants. It's okay. full of people. It's got uh, picnic benches. It's got a dog area. It's got kids running around. So okay. this is like pack, pack, Yeah, packed. it's not just like two pumps and like yes. a dusty old like man who's not really there. Like it's, it's like yeah. a real like, like a rest stop. Yeah, it's hustling, bustling, and clearly, like it's summertime, so everyone's, everyone's going traveling. on their vacation. Everyone's yeah. traveling, yeah, driving around. And finally, Saskia it breaks the silence because they pull up to get gas, and she's like, "If you want to just go back to Amsterdam, let's just go back. I don't want to do this if we're just going to be angry." Rex immediately apologizes and said, "I'm so sorry, I should have left you there. I didn't know what to do, but I that was the wrong thing to do, and I apologize." And I'm like, "All right, okay, okay." Like, but again, in my mind, I'm like, "Oh, oh right, one of them is going to be kidnapped." Okay. Mm. So he's like, I'll be honest, when you called for me in the tunnel, I never loved you more. And she's like, okay, great. When I yelled for you, I hated you. But then they kiss, and they're back at it, and they're like, okay, let's just enjoy our vacation. We fucked up, but he apologized. Sasuke says, I need to go to the ladies' room, and then everything will be all right forever. We're going to go to vacation, and the movie's just about to couple, like, couple on a vacation. <laughs> Rex stays. He gets the, uh, the car filled up, and then he has an ga- extra gas can filled up. So then in case this happens again, they'll be good to go. Smart. Allison, we see Raymond, the fake cast guy, yeah, yeah. follows Saskia to the bathroom and wait outside the bathroom for her. She comes back out to Rex. She's bought a souvenir. She got a Frisbee and a lighter. And they sit underneath a tree to kind of just, like, stretch their legs and, like, you know, fuck around. Mm-hmm. And we see, like, kids running around. Again, dogs. People are eating lunch. People are, like, just doing calisthenics. It's Europe. I mean, people are active. Yeah, you know? yeah. people, yeah. They leave their homes. They do stuff outside. It's great. Can't imagine. <laughs> and Rex says, okay, so does that mean I could still go on vacation with you? And she's like, not only can you go on vacation, I'm going to drive. So again, that was oh. sort of her constellation. I'm like, I, yes, everything's good, and I will drive as long as you count all the trees. And they do this very sweet thing that, again, I was like, was, is this a European thing? Is this a Dutch thing or just something that they did? It's just sort of a gesture of their reconciliation. They take each take a coin and they kiss it, and they bury it next to a tree. Oh, I love that. And it's really darling, so you know something hideous is about to happen. Yeah. Saskia has Rex vow that he will never abandon her again, but it's really cute. But, like, that's yeah. what he's saying. He's like, you will never abandon me, and they shake on it. And But then both of them kind of have this look of, like, there's something, there's some disturbance in them from that mm-hmm. vow. And she takes the keys, and she hates his keychain. She's like, these are disgusting. I hate how this looks, but I'm going to take the keys. Um... I'm just run and get. I'm gonna get you a beer, me a coke, and I'm going to the bathroom again. Which I'm like, this is uh, she's me, you know. Yeah, this is great. Um, except for maybe not not the passenger drinking in the car, but uh, right. She uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so you know she's headed back in, and there's a very funny moment where she falls, and I think she's uh, it's a pratfall, fall, but it looks like the actress actually might have genuinely and they fallen. Just kept it. <laughs> And then she turns around to be like, do you see this? And Rex is there. And again, it's a really sweet, very like, oh, that'd be hilarious. Like, look, I'm falling. Yes. Um, so, you know, and I wrote, so, you know, she's going to endure some kind of grotesque traumatic experience. Mm. Um, I don't want that and, to happen. I know. And Rex Rex has a Polaroid for their vacation. He's taking photos and he takes, you know, he's kind of dicking around. He takes a photo of the gas station with their car in front of it. And he writes on it, car getting used to Saskia, and puts it under the windshield wiper for her, like, when she gets in. Mm -hmm. Allison, she's taking a long time in there. She's taking, like, way too long. There is something so fucking chilling. The idea that you could just be at a a rest stop, and your partner never 
comes back. No, that's so, no. It's so upsetting. You know, and again, this restaurant is packed. Families. Yes. Elderly people. Singles. Like, it, like it is, you know, so again, it's not like they're singles. isolated. <laughs> singles. And they're trying to mingle. <laughs> Listen, again, it's Europe. You could be people at a gas station. You could be people yeah. anywhere. He goes inside. No sign of her. He goes back to the car. So he's starting to fucking panic. And he writes Obviously. a note. Note on the windshield, like, Saskia, I'm looking for you. Stay at the car. If you come back here, just fucking That's get in the so car. That's so smart and not something I would ever have thought of. I would be screaming. I yeah. would immediately run in there and start screaming, which he does. He runs over to the gas station. He's like, Saskia, Saskia, I'm looking for my wife. Has anyone seen her? He runs to the women's room. He runs in there and they're like, sir. He's like, I'm looking for my wife. Could everyone help me? And he, you know, he runs to the men's room. He's like, she's not in the men's room. And he runs to the back office where, like, the, the rest stop manager is. Okay. And he's like, so gets him involved, goes into the cashier, and, he's, and shows her a photo of Scott, Saskia because he took a Polaroid of her earlier. And she's like, oh, yeah, she was here, but, like, that was, like, 30 minutes ago. And uh, she got changed for the coffee machine. And he says, was she alone? And the woman's like, I, there's, like, a million people in here. I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. He and the manager go outside and they talk to the gas, the pump attendant. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw her talking to a guy like right near the door like 15 minutes ago. She had a Coke in one hand and a beer in the other. And so he's like, wait a minute, 15 minutes ago. He runs back to the car, Allison. In the Polaroid he took of the gas station, you can see Saskia's head like over another car. And she's talking to a man. But it's so far away, you can't see who he is or like or, or what's going okay. on. So Rex runs over to where they would have been. Allison, on the ground, there was a spilled Coke and an unopened beer. And he— What, did she course, just, like—what's the word? Were you, like—was uh, she raptured? Oh, <laughs> raptured. And he freaks out, and he, he slams the car door, and then he kicks it, and it shatters the passenger side gla glass. Oh, God. Allison, That's a whole headache. what would you fucking do in this situation? What would you do? I'd get on the phone and call the police. What else could you do? I mean, that's kind of like the only, and I would like also stop and talk to every single person there. Like I wouldn't just like, I would be yes. like, just any person I saw, I'd be like, have you seen this woman? Like, did you see where she went? Like she, like, I would just nonstop be confronting people and yeah. have somebody call the police and be like, here's what she looks like. Just like put out a, like, EPB? I was like APB? APB? BBB? What do we think that means? Is it that? APB? BBB. Yeah. I don't That's all you can do. But it's like, do you stay there or do you leave? I fucking leave. I live at the gas station now. I live in my car. I become a car person. I'm not leaving. Yeah. Where else can you go? I mean, like, it would be like, this is my life now. I build a house behind the police station would be like my thought. Or like driving like around to like see if she's wandered off. I don't know what that would Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of situation where like, she has obviously been abducted. Yes. Like, this is not like, oh, she left. She, you know, you were hiking or like something else happened. Or she was at home and like. She, maybe she left voluntarily or maybe, you know, like there's no, this is not a situation where there are other options. So he is, as you can imagine, fucking freaking out. Emmy award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. 
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. So he's in the, now it's like night falls. It's hours later. He's in the manager's office. Manager's like, let's just call the the cops in the morning. They're in Europe. I'm sorry. like the morning. Like, she'll be dead by then. Though I will be honest, like, I, um, oh, God, there's some podcasts that I haven't listened to a while, but it's, like, a true crime podcast. That, and I appreciated that one of the hosts, like, wh- whenever you hear a story about, like, people trying to report people missing, uh, by the way, the cops do not have any sort of standard methodology to that. Like, like, and, of course, it's racist and, uh, like, misogynistic and, like, all these other things. But I really appreciated, what what is it called? Um, one of the hosts, oh, it's called I Think Not now. I think it was called something else. But it's mm. called I Think Not. And one of the hosts would call like it's like oh it's in Atlanta I'm calling the Atlanta PD and be like well so what's the actual policy and I really appreciate trying to do some kind of like actual journalism but unfortunately of course they're like oh it's this and it's like well that's not what it was they were told like oh well we we changed that it's different now you know it's like it just probably depends on how much they actually give a fuck now in this case it's a white woman you know maybe they're fucking stepping up I don't I don't know what the police are like in in France obviously No, no clue but he's been, and also it's the 80s. So he's like, honestly, they're just going to say you have to wait 24 hours. We'll call them in the morning. Rex is losing his fucking mind. Understandably. And he's like, okay, she was at the coffee machine. If she was talking to someone there, we have to get the coins out of the coffee machine because that person's fingerprints could be on the coins. I was like, Rex is wow. like on it. Like he's you like, be, I got to be police now. Exactly. And the guy's like, that's absurd. And it's like, even if you think that's absurd, just say, okay, well, we'll tell the police to do that. Like, don't say to a man whose wife is, for all we know, already dead. Yeah. That's absurd. Just say, yes, okay, well, let's write down some other ideas. Like, give him anything. Allison, we see Raymond, who, again, we know immediately is a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And he arrives at a French home. And it's sort of run down with his, and he takes his bottle of uh, murder juice, murder medicine, and sort of hides it amongst, uh, it looks like um, it was abandoned and it's being redone. Okay. So he kind of hides it among the glassware that's left in the house. And outside it says, house for sale. So basically he is working to um, redo this house, like, slowly over time. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, he's using it as a stash house as a serial killer. Okay, great. We then see, and we actually jump back in time. And we see okay. Raymond at this house. He's having dinner at the house because basically, like, they live, he and his family live in an apartment. He's redoing this house for them. Okay. While also being a, a serial killer. So I'm like, what kind I of mean, a lot. I guess he's not a great dad. I, I can't mean, imagine he's a great dad or he's, he's got two huge hobbies, redoing a home and murdering and people. Murdering so. people. But I mean, he's having dinner. Um, that's true. And he's showing up for so meals. Like, and they have a table outside and uh, he and his wife, Simone, and their two daughters, Danielle and Denise. And what I thought about this was like the kids are so like what regular kids are. Like they're just yeah. so like like starter jacket, like screaming. Like, yeah. In a way that most kids in movies in America are like, are too like smart. Or like yeah, a little too. Or they're like weirdly like from a different era. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Like, they're always just like playing with like what's that? 
toy toy that's like just a wheel and a stick that they like like I feel like that's what kids are doing in every horror movie no matter what year it is. Yeah, what do you call those? A penny farthing? No, that's the uh that's, no, that's the, the, the big bicycle bike with, with the big the wheel. wheel. Yeah. Why do we uh, know that? Why have we retained information about the penny farthing? I don't know where my keys are right now, but like I know what a penny <laughs> farthing is. <laughs> <laughs> who who could say? Um, so he's there. He's a little bit late. So he says to his wife, Simone, I got you this nice bottle of wine. And they're going to eat dinner outside this house that will be for them, like, as soon as he's done redoing it. And which, again, is going to take a little bit longer because he's a serial killer. Yeah, it's a it's a workspace and a renovation site. You know, to be fair, it's, you have to have a hobby that you don't monetize or else it's going to yeah. drive you crazy, okay? Yeah, no, it's true. And he says, Denise, can you open the drawer? And he, they open a drawer in the table, which seems very French. And she screams, mm. it's full of spiders, Allison. Ooh. And Raymond says, oh, what a scream. Let's hear it again. And then Denise and Gabrielle take turns screaming. But again, it's like as a kid screams. Like, So they're like awkward, yeah. like middle school. So like they're just old enough for like in a couple of years that you can't be screaming like that. But as a kid, you're just right. But right now they can. Yeah, they're like I'm having a screaming contest. You know, I miss screaming. And they say, I know there's just not a lot of um, appropriate venues as a, as an adult to scream. I have like three jokes in my show that are scream jokes, and I think that I like wrote those that way just so I had like the opportunity to scream all the time. I really now I really want to go screaming somewhere. There should be a. I guess you could just go anywhere and scream, but I, in LA, I don't want anyone to be worried that it's a genuine scream. Exa- well, yeah, New York too. Yeah, my, uh, my friend Divya, friend of ours, um, used to. She was like, "Oh, I used to scream in elevators in buildings," and I was like, "Those aren't soundproof." Yeah, so this, that's, I feel like security hears that. It's like, like all right, it's gonna be a bad also, day. Like, if you were waiting for an elevator that passed by and you just hear like a scream, like, ah! like yeah, <laughs> imagine, yeah, I, I want to go to the middle of the woods and just fucking yeah. scream and scream. That sounds scream good. My butt off. Um, but they say, How about you, mommy? And both uh, Simone and Raymond sh- scream and scream. Later, the, the family heads back into the city where they have a beautiful fucking apartment, gorgeous, mm. like rich family with a balcony over a, Ugh, a plaza. Stunning. So uh, as, but of course, um, Raymond makes trips to this house repeatedly. Again, it's sort of, that's his cover. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gone a lot. I'm redoing the house. And he stops um, a neighbor who comes by with like a big fruit basket. Like, oh my God, I'm so, so glad somebody's redoing the house. I'm excited for you guys to finally move in. And he's like, you know, sorry, my kids were screaming last night. Um, can you hear screams if it's, uh, it's on my property? Do you hear any screaming? The guy's like, oh, no, we're far enough away. I can't hear anything you guys do. It's like, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's good to know. Okay. That's good to know. Oh, what, a, what an important piece of information about real estate. Allison, we see Raymond stop to pick up a young, beautiful hitchhiker. But this must have been a hitchhiking thing. When he stops, she sort of whistles and her boyfriend comes out of the brush. And Raymond peels off pissed because he just wanted her. Yeah. So that must have been like, you have to hide. A thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, we, nobody's going to stop for both of us. But also it's like, I don't want anyone who would just like, stop for me then. Like, uh, Yeah, no. No, no, no. We see Raymond. Oh, God. This shit fucked me up because this is like, this is this is BTK. This is serial killer shit. Yeah. Whenever you read about like, you know, like Jeffrey Dahmer's like, he was going to build like an ultra out of skulls. And like BTK wanted Ugh. to build like a dungeon, uh, like an underground dungeon. And you're like. All the it's like I spend a lot of mental energy thinking about queer and trans liberation. 
their mental energy was building a rape and murder dungeon. And it's like, yeah, just like the ambient just, ideas you have, like whatever you're thinking day to day, that was just, theirs. That sucks. And uh, what example. Get some Legos, bro. I, uh, I, I don't think that would have satisfied no. whatever's going on. Whatever's happening with these people. We see Raymond, of course, at, at, at the uh, house they're redoing. He's uh, got his uh, murder liquid, which it turns out is chloroform. Allison, he, oh, okay, he starts chloroforming himself and then timing it to see how long it will knock him out. So he chloroforms himself. I mean, that's himself, dedication to the craft. And he's, de- if nothing else, he is very dedicated. So we see him, it's like, oh, it knocked me out for 18 minutes and 45 seconds. He has a notebook where he's collecting all of this information. So, no. And again, like, it's like knowing that he is not just a father, but like to his family, a loving father is so fucking horrifying because yeah, that's real. That's like, true. Unfortunately, that's real. Right. It's like even when you see it in like the, the microaggressions of like the men who would always leave the nastiest like fuck you fat cunt like on like as a reply on Twitter to like you being like, I like waffles or whatever. Like you always go to their profiles. It's always like. Husband and father, yeah. Christian, American. Like, it's just, like, it's guys whose, like, profile photo is them at a picnic with their kids. And you're like, this is what you're doing when you're not with them? It's so Yuck. fucking dark. It's so um, fucked up. It's so fucked up. And I have, well, we'll talk about that. You, you know I'm on one about that. I'm like, I think we can fix that. I think we could actually fix it. And we just have to get rid of I the pink turkey. And I think we could see mm-hmm. it's choking all of us. But this yes, is, I do think... Us. Serial killers are, in many ways, a representation of how we think. I mean, obviously, they are also mentally ill or, or like, whatever that is is not very common. But there is something about, like, how we objectify the people, like, we have sex with, which in most cases, like, if you're a man, it's a woman. Like, to think of the other as object, but, like, in a Mm -hmm. way where it's genuinely literal. Like, this is his idea of, like, I have a project, and my project is murder. I need Um, to accumulate women. Women. Use them the way I want to use them, and then I have to get rid of them when I'm done with them. And I've rationalized it to myself because they're not really people, or, like, what I want is more important than their life, basically. Yes. Um, Yeah, which is a a tough reminder sometimes when you see that, that that that, that exists. And Mm -hmm. um, what's also crazy, so then he starts practicing, Raymond starts practicing basically, like, getting a woman into the passenger seat and then him getting into the car and he, basically, as he walks around the back of the car, him pouring chloroform into the handkerchief, and then as soon as he gets in, he puts it against her head. So it's like he's practicing it over and over and over again. And they're playing this, like, kind of jaunty French music the entire time because he's having a good time. Yuck. We then see him pick up his daughter from school, who, from all appearances, she's a normal teen, and he's, like, a normal doting father. And he, he, when she gets in, he reaches over and locks the door behind her, which he had just been re- re- rehearsing, basically. She's like, why'd you do that? He's like, oh, there's a news article. A girl fell out on the highway, so you can never be too careful. But his daughter is like, I'm here to talk about something else. Are you, do you have a mistress? Are you having an affair? He says, okay. what? He's like, well, you're always at the house. I don't have time for an affair. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but no, I'm too busy trying to murder all these women. And she says, no, you're always going to the other house. Um, are you... Is there a mistress? Like, is that what's going on? And she says, I'm not dumb. At your age, you're allowed to, right? Which is what I think France is like. Seems very French. Like, well, we all have a mistress. Yes. And he doesn't reply, but he kind of smiles, and they both laugh. And I'm like, this is a bizarre exchange. Um, Certainly not an American exchange, that's for sure. Um, 
Later we see Raymond. He stops a, a blonde on the si- sidewalk and says, oh, do you know where this pharmacy is? She says, oh, yeah, I'm actually walking there. And he's like, oh, how about I give you a ride there? But, of course, he's getting his reps in, right? And she's like, ah, you know what? I'm just, I'm enjoying walking. It's so nice out. He's like, okay, great. No problem. And he, when he gets back in, Allison, he t- measures his pulse rate. So he's like tr- trying to, basically like he's doing Tour de France. And that's another theme is like we keep hearing n- radio reports about Tour de France. And okay. there's a um, bicyclist called Fignon. And they keep talking about, oh, is he going to win the yellow shirt? Yes. And so we're seeing Raymond. This is his Tour de France. Yes. And he is training as if he is, uh, he wants to win. I want the answer to this whole movie to be that she has just been swept up in the Tour de France and wins. I love that. Yeah, she inadvertently, <laughs> inadvertently uh, wins. Wins. Well, I got some bad news. Um, it ain't that. This guy's the Lance Armstrong of um, kidnapping women, unfortunately. Oh. Um, so that night he goes home and his wife, Simone, confronts him and says, is there someone else? He, she has the same question. Like, why the fuck are you always gone? Like, mm-hmm. And her thing is, I saw the pedo- uh, speedometer and you are racking up so many miles. So even when you're telling me you're not going to the house, you're going to the house. He's like, no, I promise you, I love you. I love our life. I love our two daughters. And I am the only Frenchman who could be proud of having known only one woman in his life. It's like, well, I guess he's not planning to have sex with these women. Just murder them. And I, hmm, and that's, I guess that's better. I guess if I had to no, choose. it's not. Yeah. But I, you don't get to choose. That's sort of the whole point of being a serial no. killer, I imagine. And he says, I promise you, I am not seeing other women. That's not what's going on. It's like, well, he's seeing them, but he's seeing them trying to get into his car. He's seeing other women, but not in the way that you're afraid of. Yeah. His daughter, Denise, comes in. He tells her to get the hell out of the room. He's talking to her. And he's like, I guess what the truth is, like, the house has become an obsession. He's talking about redoing the house, but he's really talking about becoming a serial killer. And he's like, you know, you can't measure an obsession in miles. Like, I'm dedicated to it. And she's like, I guess my husband is really great. The next day... He tries to lure a woman into his car, and he's basically like, oh, do you know where the um, this highway is? Turns out it's his daughter, Gabrielle's old volleyball coach. And she, okay. I think, this is what I interpreted from this interaction, that she's like, oh, he's trying to hit on me. And she says, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's France. Do you want to get a cup of coffee? But he's, I mean, he, that's not what he's doing, obviously. So he's like, oh, no, I'm right. good. But he, she assumes, oh, I, I thought you were trying to pick me up. She's like, I'll be honest, where's the highway? You could go wherever you want. If you want to go meet women, take the highway in any direction. She doesn't say that. She doesn't say that. I'm just interpreting. She says, take the highway in any direction. Go to one of the rest stops. It's full of tourists. Honey, there are plenty of women, and they're on vacation. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, you're not only willing to fuck this guy, but like, you're like, oh, if you want to fuck me, honey, let me tell you who, uh, there's plenty I'll of women. I'll tell you where you can her. find some women who will. I go to the gas station. It's Pussy Central, you know? <laughs> Which just made the question, Allison, is it cheating on your wife to murder a woman? Yes. I think so. Like, if people could be like, you know, call I think us like prudes, but I think so. Call me a prude, but if you, uh, you know, kidnap, drug, and then hack up a woman, I think that's cheating. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, if like texting a lot at night with your coworker is like considered like kind of like an emotional affair or whatever, then like this is also cheating. <laughs> yeah, you're he's definitely emotionally involved with these women. Uh, the emotions are unfortunately yeah. murder it's related. A different emotion. Yeah. yeah. He gets in the car and he records his pulse and it's through the roof. But now Allison, now he knows to go to the gas station. Like the woman was like, you know, oh, honey, like this it's woman. France. It's like she inadvertently gave him the best idea, which is just go to a gas of station and kidnap one. Yeah. Um, 
Of course, then we cut to him with the newspaper and his fake cast seeing Saskia that day. We now cut to the current day. So now we are three years after Saskia's disappearance, right? Whoa. So we are caught up. She's been gone for three years. Allison, Rex has gone completely fucking insane. Like he, I, There's no other exactly. path mentally if this happens to you. And he's he keeps putting up, like, uh, disappearance posters, like, putting his entire life savings. We see his apartment at one time. It's got, like, the Homeland board. It's got purple. Like, he's just, yeah, like, he's just like, I have to figure this out. because You right, would dedicate your whole life to oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And he did vow to her, like, I will never abandon you again. Like, literally right before she disappeared, he's like, I can't abandon her. I have to find out what fucking happened. Even if, presumably she is dead. I don't think he's sort of deluded about that, but he's like, but, but I would happened? need to know like, yes, how, like, where is her body? Like what? Exactly. Yeah. Who? How? Yeah. And also the, the, the posters has Rex's name and number on it. So he has the direct contact and we see Rex uh, driving. He stops in the middle of the road and he has his new girlfriend. Um, and I don't remember how you pronounce her name, but I'm going to say it's L I E N E K E. Lynette. I'm going to call her Lynn because I'm not going to get through this. You Lynn know is great. Um, so his girlfriend, I'll just say his girlfriend. His girlfriend says, like, um, he basically stops him on the road, runs out to, like, check on his posters because some got taken down. And they get mm-hmm. back in, uh, into the car and his new girlfriend says, um, I'll be honest, this, I don't know if I can be a part of this menage a trois for very much longer. I mean, it would be really hard but also, if girl, you were seeing someone who... Yes. Most of their energy and emotions were consumed in finding out how their previous wife or girlfriend Absolutely. died and disappeared. Like, no. But I do think that's something you could figure out by the third date. Like, I don't think yeah. Rex is in any way hiding that this is his lifestyle. No, no. There's no way that this yeah. is, like, months into a relationship. You find this out about him. Yeah, I mean, look at it. you walk in his apartment. There's a gigantic poster of his missing board. wife. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, I mean, that's fair, and I think, you know, plenty of us would hit the wall at some point um, with regards to how much um, of the disappearing wife we could tolerate. Allison, they are arriving at a cafe because Rex has received a letter asking him to meet at the Cafe de Bois Arts at 3 p.m. from someone who claims to be the person who kidnapped Saskia. So, of course, he's going to fucking go. Yeah, he's going. And, obviously, Raymond has his information from the uh, missing posters. So we see Rex, he's waiting, and he's eyeballing anyone eating alone. Singles, singles ready to mingle. Yes. Are they singles trying singles. to mingle, or are they— Or mangle. Are they here to— Are they singles ready to mangle? Thank you, Allison. <laughs> okay, looks like we have a dating app for serial killers. <sighs> Meanwhile, I was like, every dating app is a dating app for serial killers. That's actually very true. Meanwhile, um, his girlfriend's trying to, like, t- have a little bit of fun, takes photos of the squares, kind of, like, wandering around. Obviously, their relationship is kind of headed towards the end, you know? yeah. Um, but she joins him and they both have a cigarette and he's like, I feel like I could either keep Saskia alive and keep looking or let her die and find out the truth. And I have to choose yeah. to let her die. And his girlfriend's like, can we just like order a sandwich or something? Like, I, like, it's like, <laughs> I really am sympathetic, but like, can we not? And Rex reveals that he has received five postcards to meet, um, to, from the, essentially the, the abductor within yeah. 62 miles of the gas station. So he has to keep coming from Amsterdam down to France. God, it's like the mileage you're putting on that Volvo. And he says the killer never shows his face because he might have seen him at the gas station. And so it's like even in just passing, maybe he saw this person if he saw him again. So the person never fucking shows up. And the girlfriend's like, look, you are never going to find out. If this guy who keeps sending you letters is the person who kidnapped your wife, he's a sick bastard who's getting off on this, who's getting off on forcing you to meet, and he knows that you are 
dedicated so you will come to France over and over again. Yeah. Allison, we look up. We see Raymond is on a balcony on one of the floors. He, that's his apartment with his of family. Course. He's looking out. Of so this course. is the closest he has brought Rex to his actual family. And he's, again, clearly getting off on this. Yeah. You know, the postcard said 3 p.m. It's 3.45. The girlfriend's like, girl, he is not coming. And Rex, of course, is like, I can't leave. You know, and he said, come with me. We'll go lie in the sun. We'll be together. And you could have some pleasure, you know, in your life. And he's like, if Saski was here, I would go with you because I love you. But if I could be anywhere, I would choose to be the gas station three years ago. I am still there. And so his girlfriend storms away. At least he's, like, honest about that. 100%. He is very honest. Like, he's not trying to—he's like, I am still stuck there. I'm so sorry. But she storms yeah. away, and he runs after her. Because, they, they obviously, there is love there. And it's just the most yeah. fucked up possible way to fall in love. But they are going to go on a little mini vac- a video, mini holiday to the Boulevard in Andalus. I'm so sorry, every French person who listens. I can't—my oh brain's not good at English. It's certainly worse in French. And they stop um, at the bottom of this hill and they start walking up towards this like beautiful vista with like this abandoned like stone uh, building. And they're walking up the hill and Rex turns to see himself in the car with Saskia driving up the hill. Obviously, it's a hallucination or you know, a manifestation of his, what he, his desires. And he starts chasing the car and he gets to the top of this gorgeous vista and the car disappears and he collapses to the grass and his girlfriend finds him, he's shaking and trembling, and he's fallen asleep. And he's gasping, golden egg, golden egg. And he's howling. And mm, that night, yes. yeah, so he's he's doing even worse. He screams Saskia. And his girlfriend's like, yeah. okay, so probably I need to get back out there is where I'm, what yeah. I'm thinking. But that night, Max goes alone. And he goes back to the square with the cafe, and he gets in, and he screams because he's like, this person could still be here screaming, come down here. I am Rex Hoffman. You fucking sent me a letter. You fucking coward. Show yourself. And all these residents start coming out and be like, shut the fuck up. And we see Raymond watching Rex through the curtains. Loving it, I'm sure. Getting off on it. That's the problem with serial killers. How do you you stop them from getting off on it? We don't know. We don't know the technology. But speaking of technology, we see Raymond at his day job. Unfortunately, Allison, he's a chemistry professor at a college, which is why he has access to so much goddamn chloroform. Of course. Because I was like, where is he getting this? But, yeah. He is, unfortunately, much like how BTK was, like, a neighborhood watch. (laughs) It's like, he is a chemistry professor, and he has access to um, murder fluids. Um, We see him, you know, he collects all those uh, students' tests. And that night, it's like a perfect domestic scene. We see Simone mending Raymond's pants, and Raymond's on the couch watching an interview uh, with Denise and, and Gabrielle, and they're watching an interview with Rex. And Denise sits up and goes, oh, my God, did you just see us? We were on screen. And we cut to the anchor is explaining Rex's situation and says, Rex, you know, it's been three years, and but you're doing a new push to find your wife. And you wanted to come on here and issue a statement to the person who did this. And because Rex is like, fuck this. I have to talk to this yeah. motherfucker. Like, I can't live like this. Rex says to camera, I'm not mad. I will do anything to know what happened to my wife. So if you were the person and you're watching this, contact me. I need to, I will do anything to know. Je ne vous hais pas. La foudre non plus. Je ne la hais pas. Mais je veux savoir. Back at Rex's place, which again is basically looks like an FBI headquarters. Like it's barely, yeah, a, it's barely a human. He's got all space. the information. Yeah. Um, so sometime later, um, his girlfriend's moving out. And she tells him, like, I do hope eventually you know everything. And I'm so sorry. And 
He shows her all the mail. He's starting to get all this crackpot mail. So it's like, oh, she's in a brothel in Versailles. She'll be home in three days. Like, people want to be involved and they don't know anything. And he's like, do you want to watch the interview before you go? And he's like, sure. Okay. So we see that during the interview, when one of Raymond's children points to the screen, there is a, there's secure, essentially security footage of a previous time when Rex was at like a fountain where he was supposed to meet up. And you could see Raymond and his family are there. But oh Raymond's family just would assume, oh, my God, that's so crazy. We happened to be there when right. this guy was there because they weren't there for them. They don't know anything about this. Right. And, of course, unfortunately, Rex still does, doesn't know who Raymond is, so he can't clock Ra- Or I don't think he, we're to presume that he ever even saw Raymond, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Allison, we cut to the outside of Rex's apartment, and Raymond is sitting on a park bench. We see the interviewer say, it's been three years. Like, why are, why, why now? Like, why, what, what is the impetus now? I, I mean, I'd be like, fuck you. The impetus is my wife is still fucking missing. Yeah, like, what are you I, talking I about? I need to sleep at night. I'm not like, going to stop I'm... looking for my loved one. But instead, Rex says, recently I had a dream. It was the same dream my wife had repeatedly. It was a nightmare. And it was about being in a golden egg. And I believe that that is an omen that we will meet again. And even if we don't, this is my homage to her. Like, I have to do this. And yeah. his girlfriend says, which I thought was a very fun response, she goes, nice. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it's from your French or that means something different. But I'm like, that's a very silly way to, like, reply to that. Nice. Nice. They say goodbye, and she tells Rex, like, I believe. She, and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry to hurt you, whatever. She's like, you know, I, I ascribe to a law uh, that's mine. And it's going to take me half as long to get over you as we dated. So it's going to take about... Four months. So they've dated for eight months. And he says, you know, if there had never been a Saskia, I believe we would have been in love and this could have been something. And she says, but there was a Saskia. And there is. And she leaves. And you're like, oh my God, this guy can't catch a break. Everything's got to be bad. And she leaves and we see her walk past Raymond, who is standing outside. Ooh, chilling. And we see there's a moment where Rex tries to search available women on her on his computer, which is like with a black screen with the green text. Yeah, and it's like the size of his uh, entire desk. Remember the sound that those keyboards used to oh. make? It was kind of like the springy, like yes. dun, dun, like oh, I love. I miss typing on those. And he, every time he searches a woman's name, it just gets replaced by Saskia over and over again. And even then, he smiles because he still loves her. Like even seeing her name, you know, I just think of her. So he goes downstairs, Allison. Raymond approaches him and says, Mr. Hoffman, I am the man you're looking for. And he hands him the car keys that Saskia had on her three years ago as proof that he was the one who kidnapped her. And he says, come with me to France and I will tell you everything. And Rex says, even how she died? And Raymond says, yes, I offer you this unique chance. Allison, I got to ask you, who will survive? Survive. I gotta hope that Rex survives and kills Raymond. That's the hope. But do you think that is what will happen? No, I think it's going to be the other way around. Yeah. The problem is, once you become so devoted to knowing the truth, you forget the other truth, which is, it's not good to go somewhere with a serial killer. Yeah, you're so intent on getting answers that you're like, oh, I'm putting my own life in the same danger that I, you know, have been revisiting every day for three years. And this is always our, um, you know, we, we repeatedly bring up, never, ever go back. Never, if you escape, keep going. 
do mm-hmm. not put yourself back in harm's way, especially with a serial Never. killer. You know, a situational especially. horror, you know, what could you do? But this kind of thing, you are getting in a car with a serial killer at a certain point. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Rex just fucking attacks Raymond and starts beating the hell out of him. Go, Rex. And again, I if I if my wife was abducted and then this person shows up three years later and tells you that I am having him bite the curb and I am fucking stomping on the back of his skull. This yeah. guy is dead. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I would want to know what happened, obviously, but like, I will beat this motherfucker to death with a baseball bat. No question. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And he gets Raymond down on his, the ground. He's just kicking him in the ribs. There's two kids playing with their friends. We like looking over and watching. And he finally stops because, again, Raymond says, if you harm me, if you tell anyone, you will never know what happened to her. If you come with me, you will find out. My offer lasts five minutes, and he he walks off to his car. Allison, Rex follows him, and they, he gets in Raymond's car, and they yep. drive to fucking France. Yep. And after that, baby, you know where this is headed. Mm-hmm. Raymond says, if you're hungry, prepare. And like he, Raymond, again, he wants total control. So he's like, I prepared you yes. a box lunch. And he hands him two sandwiches, like a little um, Tupperware. And we see in the backseat, there's a thermos. He says, give me your passport as they come to the French border. And in case Rex wanted to scream or like get out of the car, it's like, yeah. if they don't stop us, then you will know everything. Basically, like, because Rex could have freaked out. He could have said something. Yeah. And he, they check, they get clear to, um, the border, and he hands Rex his passport. To me, that's also a huge red flag. If a serial killer lets you see his passport, baby, you are not getting out of this alive. Yeah, you're dead, or that's not a real passport. Yeah. Those are, like, the oh, two absolutely. options Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we He's don't not know. just like, anyway, this is me. This is my passport number. This is where I was born. This is exactly how old I am. And uh, here are the details of a horrific murder. Yeah, and Rex does say at a couple points, he's like, oh, you're insane. And Raymond's like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah this 100%. is— percent So, of course— he sees, oh, that, when he looks at the passport, it's like, oh, you lived in the town where, where we went to the cafe in the plaza. You made me basically go to your house so you could see me. And Raymond's like, absolutely. And just so you know, like, if you were to leave now and go talk to the police, just so you know, you have no evidence. There is no evidence I did this. It will be your word against mine. And everyone knows that you're sort of, like, crazy. But Rex is like, no, there would have been fingerprints on the coins. And they did take all the coins. So they did fingerprint it. And you're in the photo of the Polaroid. And Raymond's like, if I had gotten coffee, I would have touched the coins only by the edges. And of course, I didn't. We do see that he got coffee. But he's like, I yeah. wouldn't have left my fingerprints on it. And I couldn't have been visible in the Polaroid because if I had, you would know what I look like and you would have recognized me all those other times. Because every time I told you, yeah. me, guess what, bitch? I was in that plaza. I was near that fountain. You've seen me a bunch of times. 
I know for a fact that I'm not in that Polaroid. It's like, well, shit, he's smart. Okay. And he and he also tells her that's when I would really be like, this is a bad. I'm getting out of the car. I mean, every time we wouldn't have gotten in the car. That's we wouldn't have gotten in the car. But like, you know, up until like this is a real like turning point of like, oh, I'm better at this than you. Yeah. And so, uh, and Raymond also says, I know that you could kill me, and I accept that risk. But I think you're too curious to kill me. You want to know what happened. So then Raymond sort of tells um, Rex his origin story of when he sort of feels like he started on the path to becoming the monster he is today. And he says when he was 16, so he was living in that same balcony. So that must have been a fa- uh, balcony, the apartment with the balcony over the plaza. So that must have been a fan- in his family. It's like when I was 16, I leapt off the balcony and I broke my leg. And we see him sort of dangling over, and it's only a fall of like two stories, but he's like, I realized that nothing was keeping me from jumping. And if you jumped, then wasn't it your destiny to jump? Like, whatever I decided, it was already something that was going to happen. Now, I would argue that, quote, doesn't make any sense, but, of course, he's a serial killer. So he's going to sort of rationalize everything he does, like, well, that was what was going to happen, rather than, I have free will. And again, that's the issue of, like, fate in this movie. Um, And he he's like, I broke my leg in seven places, and I lost two of my fingers in the fall. And I discovered that I was a sociopath. But, you know, I basically didn't act on it. And then 26 years later, and this is where the thing, and we'll say, like, like I love to get your thoughts on this premise. Basically says he he was at the canal with his family and they were taking a photo. And one of his daughters looks over and there's a little girl struggling to swim in the canal. And uh, without thinking, because he, again, is a sociopath, so he's not afraid of anything— yeah. Uh, Raymond just took off his jacket and leapt in and saved her. And he's like, my daughters were so proud of me, but I was like, oh, I don't, I didn't, it wasn't like an, a, a heroic moment. Heroic. Yeah, yeah I yeah, just yeah. did it. And I decided, you know, her pride is unworthy. I'm not worthy for pride unless I prove to myself that I was completely incapable of doing anything evil. So I conceived of the most horrific act imaginable. And then I s- struck out to see if I could do it. Allison, this feels like the whitest, straightest, cisest yes. man thing to do. Just it's like, like, does that make a goddamn like a sense to you? Like proving that you're not like, I guess if I was confronted with like, no, that is not, that is, yeah, that's a. If you force I yourself to do something horrible, then you're going to do it. Like the idea yes. of like fate or like whatever, it's like it, it, that only acts as a force if you believe in it. And so if, right. you, if it's not real, which it's not, then you're just becoming a monster to prove nothing to no one. Right. And also, like, if you put all of, like, the whole path of being able, like, here's all the instructions. Here's all the stuff you need to kidnap and kill somebody. In front of most people, they would be like, no, thank you. Like, that's not, like, it. Be, you being in front of it is not, like, fate. Yeah. You've, you've constructed this. Yes, and there is something about this that does strike the same note to me as, like, I don't know, like, when people who claim to be liberal, like, they get pushed back on something. It's like, well, you made me become a neo-Nazi. It's like, no, right. that's not real. No, You're you choosing this. and But yet there's something about, it's like, well, I had to do this. So I think we're to think, like, this is, like, how he conceives the world is so fucked up that, like, this made sense to him. Then he says, Allison, just so you know, Killing is not the most horrific act, not to me. 
So what he's saying is what I did to your wife is worse than just straight up murdering her. Allison, what do you think that could mean? I don't even fucking know. Just throw it out. First thought. First, first I feelings. I mean, rape. It's not, ra- it's not, not rape. we're talking. No. Did he like skin her? I think that's a good, that's a good guess. Cause then, cause then Rex is like, is she still alive? Do you, right. are you keeping her somewhere? Cause that to right. me would be worse than getting killed. Like that would be worse if she's like a prisoner that he's just like, in the a, fucking basement yeah. of their second Ooh. home, their country home. Fucking terrifying, which also does happen. You know, being from Cleveland, yes. you know, I mean, we have that yeah, horrible story about those three young women who were kidnapped and kept alive. Yes. So it's like, oh no. If you want to do something, you're always going to be rationalizing it. And unfortunately, there are some people who want to do horrific acts. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rex says, hey, can we uh, stop and stretch our legs? <laughs> and we stop at a rest, they stop at a rest stop. And they have like a very long conversation about like weird names and the meaning of names. I didn't understand a damn word what we're talking about, but that's, okay. that's fine. And uh, they sort of talk about, again, they talk about the Tour de France, about chasing the yellow shirt. And we see Raymond in the past rehearsing different phrases. So so last time we checked in with his serial killer um, development, he had just realized he could go to the gas station. So this is before yes. Saskia's uh, kidnapping. He mm-hmm. He's trying different phrases to make him seem like, he's from, like he is also a tourist. I see. And he basically, which is like, this is a very Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, no, no, sorry. Mm-hmm. This is a Ted Bundy move where he had the, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't have the fake cast yet. He had a trailer hitch and he was going up to women. Huge red flag, of course, if you're a woman. Yeah, being like, you actively. Of all the people here. Unless you want to kill me, you don't want me near this. Also, it's like, like, like women with their hair done in miniskirt and heels. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to pick up a trailer hitch. Maybe I would have if I was in jeans and a t-shirt, but why would you come talk to me of all the people here? Right. So, right. you know, he's keep trying to, and he, he's talking to a woman. Woman's like, oh, um, okay, yeah. But then when he takes her over to trailer hitch, her husband shows up and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Great question. And he, the, the husband picks up the trailer hitch and then slaps Raymond in the face. It was like, I know what the fuck you're doing. Leave my wife alone. They drive on. Uh, Rex and Raymond get in the car and they drive on. And Raymond explains that he wasn't interested in sex workers because nobody cares about them and they're too easy. And it's like, I w- would love okay, to put a bowl in this guy's head. Um, and we, of course, cut back to Raymond at his birthday, still before Saskia's um, kidnapping. And all of his family, they're singing him the French birthday song, which I don't know. And they give him a bunch of gifts. They give His wife gives him tiles for the house. Um, in the country, these beautiful tiles. Um, uh, Gabrielle gives him a green sweater, which we saw what he was wearing when he first put on the uh, fake cast uh, when he abducted Saskia. And Denise gives him a keychain with the letter R on it. Mm-hmm. And then the final gift is a a, ba- a baby book, but uh, a life book, I suppose. We're starting with him as a baby and then leading up to him as an adult. So it's sort of like Raymond, a life. Yes. And in that, they're flipping through, and they see a photo of him at 16 when he fell from the balcony, and he sees that he's wearing a cast. That's when he realizes, oh, the problem is I'm too threatening to women. If yes. I wear a cast, I become weaker. I'm, yes. And women become more comfortable, which is literally what Ted Bundy did. Yes. You know? So that day, we see him at the gas station, the day that he's about to abduct Saskia. He's, got, he's wearing the sweater his daughter gave him. He's got his fake cast. And again, we keep hearing about Fignon chasing the yellow. And as Saskia gets out of the car, we, she, we see that she has a yellow top on. Mm. She is his tour de France. He is going yes. to finally achieve it. And again, it's like all these moments where like Saskia actually went out 
and they, you know, like we played with the Frisbee and they buried the coin. So like she could have, if they had just gotten in the car, they would, she would have been fine. Yeah. And Raymond in that moment thought, oh, I, I didn't get her. I'll get someone else. So we actually asked another woman for help. And he got so far as to get her into the passenger seat, but then he kept sneezing into his chloroform handkerchief and he sort of freaks out <laughs> and he runs inside and she just Funny. like gets out of his car and leaves. Yeah. So again, he's thinking, I just blew it again. But by the time he comes out of the bathroom, Saskia had come back in to buy beverages. Yes. If she had just gotten a Coke and a beer, that'd be fine. But she goes to the coffee machine where he's standing. And he's telling Rex, you know, if I hadn't sneezed, if she hadn't come back in, if you hadn't buried those coins. If, if she hadn't buried the coins, she wouldn't have had to turn and ask Raymond for change for the coffee machine. Right. He doesn't have it, so she goes to break a bill for the change and comes back to the coffee machine so she she didn't she didn't take a coin from him. So even if right. the fingerprints were there, it doesn't matter. So all these right. moments that Raymond attributes to fate, that this is leading him to, it had to be her, right? Yes. And she turns to him, and, like, she's such a bubbly, like, outgoing person. She's like, oh, my God, I'm going to drive on the highway for the first time. I'm like, oh, that's why it was such a big fucking deal. That's terrifying. Oh, that's terrifying. Allison, she sees the keychain his daughter gave him, and it has the letter R on it. She's like, oh, my God, my husband's name also starts with R. Where did you get that? He has the ugliest little keychain. I hate it so much. Look at my keys. And Raymond says, this is the craziest thing. I actually sell these keychains, and I've got a bunch of them in the car. If you want, you could just buy one right now. Allison, she goes to the car, which is parked around back of the gas station, and he has the box of tiles. So he's sort of like, oh, uh, come and sit in the passenger seat. You can sort of go through them. There's a bunch of different styles. And she hesitates, but then she looks and she sees the photo of him with his family at the canal, which he has, like, sort of in, like, the little change divot. Yeah. Which, like, is, like, very, like, oh, he's a nice family man. Exactly. He has a wife and kids. He's not going to hurt me. He's got a job selling keychains. Because no, no one who has ever had a family could be evil, as we all know. Could ever do anything wrong. Allison, Raymond gets in the driver's seat. She gets to the passenger seat. He has a chloroform rag on her in seconds. And he's, she screams. He grabs her. And that's it. And I, th- I just want to say this, like, I think this this moment speaks to, I think, I think we're moving past this, I hope, into more of a holistic a conversation about this. But it really did make me think of, um, when people say, like, well, not all men. It's like, no, 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 no. Obviously not all men, but not no men. Right, not no men. The problem is that it's not no men. That it, we yeah. have to get to the point where it's as close to no men as possible. Yes. Right. Right now we're at some men. Some men. That's the problem. It's not that it's all men. It's obviously not that. I mean, we, we, no. would, we would have a lot Nobody more Nobody would be alive. Um, it said it's some men, you know? It's some men. And that's enough. And we'd like it to be no men. Yeah. And as he drives away, with her passed out in the passenger seat, he drives over her can of Coke and it explodes. Back in current day, we see a cop pull over Raymond and Rex to yell at Raymond about not wearing a seatbelt. But Raymond says, oh, I actually have a certificate from a doctor. I don't have to wear, wear one because I'm claustrophobic. And I was like, that's really funny because I have a phobia of rocketing through my fucking windshield at 70 yeah, miles per hour, but uh, you do Getting you a girl. horrific head trauma because I slam into the windshield or the steering wheel or the seat in front yeah, of me. A, but that's just, my, that's just my phobia. A phobia of my head exploding like a fucking watermelon hitting the yeah. side of a semi-truck, but sure. That's just me. That's just us. Back on the road, Raymond says, you know, that's a great example. Anything can fuck up your plans. But if it's fate, then it's fate. Like, that was, like, you couldn't fuck yeah. up what was going to happen. This, of course, is not true, but is it, is what the movie suggests. And they finally get to the rest stop, the gas station where Saskia was taken. And they get out of the car, and Rex says, so fucking tell me what happened to her. Yeah. 
I came here. We are at the fucking scene of the crime. Fucking tell, tell us. Me. And Raymond says, I will only tell you by showing you exactly what happened to her. So he's just going to. But Rex is like, well, is she still alive? Like, what do you mean you're going to show me? And he's like, no, no. And he hands him a cup from the thermos that was in the back seat and says, drink this. And Rex says, well, what is it? He says, it's a, I've dissolved a sleeping pill in it. You'll pass out. And then you will experience exactly what she experienced. It'll take about an hour. And Rex says, you're fucking insane. I don't want to punish you. I don't want to go to the cops. I don't care about you. I don't, I'm not going to do this. I just want to know what happened to her. Yeah, just tell me. And Raymond says, I know, and I believe that you won't do that, but this is truly the only way. Rex says, fuck this, and throws the drink in Raymond's face. And Raymond just uh, wipes it off and pours another one out of the thermos. And Rex is like, you can be fake. Raymond hands him the keys. Says, I have your keys. So you, you can say what you want, but I, you know I have the keys. And he's like, look, you could leave right now. You could tell the police. I could be arrested and charged and tried. But just so you know, if that were to happen, I will never tell you what happened to her. You will never know. I will go to prison for that. I don't give a fuck. God, it would be hard. Like, you know, you would, like, obviously your own safety and, like, like being alive is at yes. stake here. But, boy, to be like, you can know right now or you'll never know when you've been. It's so hard. And he's, like, truly haunted for three exactly. years of, like, what happened. He's consumed by it. And that's, like, yeah. why Raymond's able to even ask, say this. It's, like, he knows on some level that Rex is considering it. Again, if this ever happened to me, I know that my undoubtedly dead wife would want me to not do this. So yep. I would feel confident that I wouldn't. But Rex is, he's at such a bad place. It's like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. But he's like, no, fuck you. And he storms away. It starts raining. And uh, Raymond yells, but what about the eternal uncertainty, Mr. Hoffman? The eternal uncertainty. And Rex stops. And he stops right near the tree where they bury the coins. And he gets down on the mud and he digs them up. And they're still there. And then there's this incredible scene of, like, uh, we're we're watching Raymond sitting in in the car, and the rain is sort of obscuring and disfiguring his face as it falls. And then in the headlines, we just see Rex is going fucking insane. Like, he's literally just running around on his hands and knees, like, freaking out, like, crawling, like, crying, doesn't know what to do. Go, like, in, in front of us, losing his mind. Allison... Rex goes back to the car, and the drink is on the hood, and he drinks and he throws the cup on the ground. Aww. And then we hear again the speech of Raymond saying, like, how do you, what is stopping you from, st- what is destiny? Are you predestined? If, mm-hmm. if what you want to do is, isn't is destiny, how do you avoid it? Like, it's sort of like, what is destiny in our role? Allison, unfortunately, I hate to say this, and you hate to see this. We cut to Raymond burying Rex alive in a coffin. And in total darkness, we hear Rake, uh, Rex wake up. And he has a lighter on him, and he starts to search for a way out. He's screaming and screaming, and then he starts laughing maniacally. And we hear him say, my name is Rex Hoffman. And he's screaming, my name is Rex Hoffman. Hoffman! And in the light, in the darkness, the flame of his uh, lighter becomes a golden egg of light. And we see... He, in his final thoughts, ostensibly, him driving out of the tunnel into the sunlight towards Saskia and then seeing her smile. And we end on Raymond finally moving his family into the house. It's totally done. It looks gorgeous. I mean. And he looks miserable. 
And on the in the newspaper for the day is a report of Rex's mysterious disappearance three years after his wife. And I think we're supposed to believe that Raymond realizes that it that wasn't that it had no meaning. That that what he did yeah. wasn't whether or not it was destiny, it wasn't anything. Yeah. The end. <sighs> Allison, it seems almost comical to ask, but what's what are some fatal mistakes you think people made in the vanishing? <laughs> Mistakes. Getting in the car with Raymond when he showed back up and told him, told Rex who he was. There is, I, I don't know if we've ever had a mistake that obvious and that large. That's, it's like, it's just so clear. It's just, and you know that he knows that. He knows. I think like, that's what it's saying is like, he knows it's wrong, but it doesn't matter because he's looking for answers. And if he can get answers, it's worth this huge it's not even a risk. It's a given that he's yes. going to get murdered. And I guess he did find out. I suppose that's in some ways something. Something. It's something. But other than that, it's I mean, something. Saskia, I mean, oh, go, never get in anyone's car. We know that by now. Don't get in anyone's car. Please. It doesn't matter how beautiful the key rings they're selling are. I mean, I, that that was the initial mistake, and then I I I mean, what else could you say? Don't get into. I mean, a, once, yeah. Don't, don't get into a car. Don't go to France with a serial killer. We're begging you. Yeah, don't do that. Just don't do that. And then finally, where would you place the vanishing on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I gotta say, this is like a seven point five for me. Yeah, I'm gonna give this a nine. Yeah, it's like the you're right, like the realism of just like. This guy's an asshole serial killer, and we're seeing exactly how he became that, and we're seeing somebody haunted and, like, destroyed by the complete vagueness of how his partner disappeared. Like, I, it's just, like, that shit, like, happens. Yeah, it is, um, to know— Also, being buried alive is, like, truly one of the scariest things. The—when—I I had I known—I think for me, the, maybe the reason that this really, uh— Tickled my pickle. I don't know what the fuck. I, I don't know why I said it like that. But like this really got me, got my goat because I knew the twist. I I'd read about this years yeah. ago. And then to see it, it still packs such a fucking punch because oh, it is so viscerally upsetting. Um, it's so upsetting. It's so, what, but what a phenomenal movie. If this seems like something you could watch, go ahead and watch it. Uh, again, even knowing yeah, the twist, like it's a good so one. well done. Like just seeing that initial when Rex goes nuts, like when he realizes that she's been taken and is just running around the gas station. It's so scary. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, thank you for joining us again this week. Uh, yes. Everyone, we love you very much. We love you very much. And, um, and please keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media for show updates. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a Radio Point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Box, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Siegland, Julia Beach, Caroline Dumphy, and Awa Okolati. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. 
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.